Good evening and welcome to the fifth episode of One At A Time. Tonight I thought I would talk about an interesting little number, 150, or also known as Dunbar's number. Dunbar's number was thought of by an anthropologist named Robin Dunbar back in the 1990s. And essentially, in summary, it is the limit of, I guess, relationships that you could have before they start getting out of control or unable to maintain with any meaningful value. And that is, per person, the social group size that you could reach and still maintain a meaningful connection. I, for one, couldn't think of anything more difficult than maintaining 150 individual high-value relationships. I don't know if I'm somewhat socially inept, but I just would exhaust myself trying to keep high-bandwidth, high-value relationships up in the air. It's almost like juggling balls to keep these things alive. And then try doing it with 150. Why I got interested in Dunbar's number was how it applies not to personal relationships, because I'm nowhere near that number. I never want to be near that number of 150. But in terms of just ordinary groups of people working to a common goal, also known as a business. And that is where it really started to pique my interest, because I was thinking, well, hey, if this affects personal relationships, it must just affect general relationships. Business is nothing but a bunch of people with relationships between each other, working relationships, of course. And is there a cap on how big you can build a division, a team, a group of people before things start falling apart and the wheels come off? So I went looking and I found an article called The Rule of 150. And it was written by Cultivated Management Limited. Quite an interesting article. So I dug into it and it was full of little tidbits, um, quips, and just general chatter about Dunbar's number and how it's actually been studied quite widely in the workplace. So I guess this is going to be the, the centerpiece for today's discussion as I'm going to pick, pick apart the points I've highlighted here. I've got them sitting in, in log sec in my second brain, as, as I've alluded to on other episodes or previous episodes. So I've got all my highlights here. I'm going to jump in and just chat and kind of frame a couple of things up and see where we end up. First point that the article brings up is, as your employee base grows past 150, it becomes harder for employees to remain connected to each other. And obviously, once employees are not connected to each other, and I'm, I'm assuming what they mean is, you go somewhere, you know who the guy is, you know about his family. I mean, probably not intimately or her family, but probably not intimately, but you're able to say, hey, how are the kids? Or, hey, John, hey, Sue. So you, you know their name. And I can attest to this. Uh, as our business got around 150 people, Mark, I used to know everybody by name. I could walk just about to any job site, um, you know, and walk up and know the guy by name, probably know his spouse's name, know about the kids, know enough that, you know, we were connected in some kind of way. Now, um, maybe because I'm based a lot more in the office, I just don't have that connection anymore. And it, it, it irritates me. It's, it's not nice. It's, you really do feel somewhat disconnected. I mean, I feel absolutely terrible, embarrassed, 
all of those things, when I have to ask someone that works in, in our business, my business, uh, to a point, and say, hey, what is your name? It's super embarrassing. I mean, it comes off wrong. It, it just it leaves a wrong impression. It, it absolutely does nothing but bad you know, energy for the, for the business and the brand. It's, it's akin to when you, someone says something about a funeral, you know, or you, you rock up at a funeral. You say, hey, how are you? I mean, your response is, yeah, I'm good. You're not. You're at a funeral. But it's just, it's kind of like that awkward situation where there's absolutely nothing good to say. Employee would obviously be in a group or working in within a, a smaller group that's nowhere near the 150. And they would have a really tight-knit connection. They'd be together every day, you know, in their place of work or on the job, whatever it is. And them in themselves will start to form their own community with their own rules, hierarchy, accepted standards. And then what you end up with is you end up with these clusters of different passing grades and different rules of the of the that group of people. So your overarching culture of the company, its purpose, its values on what the business deems as a passing grade or an accepted standard of performance gets broken down and watered down and the individuals then end up just abiding to these these local laws of, of the, the pod or the, the crew that they're currently in. Now, to work around that, I mean, you've just got to have senior staff you know, crew leaders, senior staff, whatever you want to call them, managers, really not drumming in, but but embracing and always tying everything you do back into the company culture. You know, the reason we're doing it this way is because this is the way we do it in this business. We don't do it that way, we do it this way. And and I what I found is it's super important to to quote Simon Sinek, tell people the why. I need you to do it this way because and you give them the reasons you give them the understanding so that doesn't just come off as i want you to do it that way because i'm boss no 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 it's i want you to do it this way for these reasons and if they can come back with an intelligent answer or i guess evidence that proves that the current way you're asking them to do it to get the respected output is not the best way well it's on you to have an open mind change the way you do it and move forward with the more improved measure and the reason they can get better process is because you've told them the output you want some of the most notable signs of the rule of 150 uh, would include things like i was saying before i guess these clusters or these smaller satellite groups of people that don't uphold the central core values of in this case the business is what we're talking about so the central core values of the business and they have no idea who they are or what they are meant to do within your business. But they totally understand what they need to do and who they are within the smaller local group. When it comes to the big picture, the entire organization, the entire business, they have no clue on how they contribute and how they keep the lights on. article touches on people leave and it may be months before you find out. We are nowhere near that bad. I will make sure that we're never that bad. I mean, we, we have a weekly meeting, a shareholders meeting, and we go through the place from asshole to elbow right through, and we discuss every working bit of work in progress. 
we discuss employee issues and and performance and and I guess good standing, and then people that are shooting the lights out. And well, we cover it all because we want our fingers to be on the pulse. Um, but I can totally see Dunbar's number wreaking havoc in terms of communication. I mean, I had someone just recently we were chatting and they said, oh, you know, you're at the point where you might have to get an HR department. And I, I leapt out of my chair and said, well, what is the point? We're not that big. And more so, I want to be approachable. Our management style is we want to be approachable, um, you know. I want people to be able to come and talk to me and say, hey, these are the problems I'm facing. I don't want them to have to go to some committee or some HR department that is just going to write a report to give to me to then still deal with the problem. Let's just cut the middleman out, come see me, and we'll work it through. We'll talk it through and we'll bounce it off each other and see where it ends up. Bullet point the article talks about is teams fighting with each other and individual spats becoming much more visible and intense. This is another thing that we won't stand for here. So we're not going to let, normally it's a superstar. We're not going to let one superstar spoil the entire cart. You know, you do not want to have one person who just rocks the boat, is just pure friction. They're just toxic to be around. Bring down everybody else's performance. You'd rather have 10 people that operate, you know, I guess in the, in the whole scheme of things, at an 80% level consistently than one person that operates at 100% and drags everyone down to 60%. It's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. We've had that before. We've had rock stars. We've had people that come in here and can turn water to wine, but they were an absolute disaster to be around they're just not worth it so we while we don't have this problem it's a symptom to watch out for you know people will have these individual spats sometimes they turn even to vendettas and they become much more visible and intense again let's just draw it out into the sunlight is what i found to be the best way sunlight is the best disinfectant you got to just hit it on the head the snide comments you know, teams not talking to each other, teams of the same business actively competing each against each other, in my opinion, is ludicrous. The next symptom which they bring up is duplicate work happens with surprising regularity. Now, we used to have a competitor that they would have an office in two cities. You could ring city number one, ask them for a price. You could ring city number two ask them for the exact same scope of works, price it up, and get two completely different prices. And they would be none the wiser that that's going on. I mean, I've heard hundreds of clients say, well, we would just simply play them off each other. They're the same bloody business, but they would be totally unaware. And they were they're the big national provider, and, and that would happen all the time. Sometimes it's not even, I guess, a public-facing duplication of work like, issuing the same price to the same client from two different offices. Sometimes it's, it's internal, you know, two teams working on the same problem that are totally disconnected. So you're losing all of the pluses of having two teams working on the same problem if they don't talk to each other. One might have solved the problem for all this, the second team knows, and they're still banging their head against the wall, where a simple yelling out or some communication would have solved the problem for both teams, perhaps, just doesn't happen because they are so disconnected. 
The next one you see a lot, it's people in the business spending a lot of time cleaning up around other people's failures. So the failure demand is high and sometimes entire teams are created just to solve problems created in earlier in the workflow. The fact that few people question this is a sign that people may be too focused on their own world, their job, their role, got the blinkers on, tunnel vision, however you want to frame it, and not how the entire process or how the entire business is striving for the single output in, in this sense, in this task. So this is often, often the case in super large companies where they have an internal cleanup crew that all they do is just run behind everybody else, pretty much redoing the work, paying twice for the same thing. One of the deaths of a company which happened to be listed here is the business becomes very top-heavy. Executives start believing that more management, executive presence and process is a solution to the lack of solidarity and chaos. And they just think more leadership is required, more management, put people in boxes, give them processes. What that does is it just leads to needing more management to enforce more processes, putting people in smaller boxes, give them less freedom. It's a never-ending cycle. Better leadership, in, in my personal opinion, and I actually say this to a lot of new hires, is I don't have time to have to check on you and micromanage you. I want to team up with people that can do their job on their own. By all means, reach out to me. I'm here to support. I'll be the first one to jump up, give you a hand. But I don't want to be having to check on you and making sure you're doing your job. A, you're an adult. B, in our business, you're a qualified tradesman. So you should know what you're doing at this point. You might not know everything and nobody does know everything. I mean, I sure as hell don't. But I shouldn't have to check on you to make sure that you're doing something properly. If it's within the general realm of, of in our case, your trade, you should know that back to front. And I shouldn't have to manage you. Thus, I shouldn't have to have middle management. What tends to happen when you go down this route of more management, more process, is you get to a point where the learning curve to do anything, because it's so regimented and you have to do things in a certain way, and all the flexibility and creativity and innovation, which uh, I see they mentioned later on in the article we'll touch on, is ringed out of the, the business. It be, people become robots, they become unengaged. And what, ha what happens then is it, it makes it super hard to onboard new people because... Eventually, the learning curve of doing anything in your business is, is so steep, you end up having to have more management, have more people to onboard the new hires. And again, you're just stuck in the cycle that's never ending. One thing I want to be super clear about is sometimes process is required. Processes shouldn't be required just for the general core business. You shouldn't have to tell someone explicitly, how to do their job but you do need processes for certain parts of the business such as maybe a set standard process from handing a finished product from one division to the other as i mentioned earlier they do mention that innovation suffers when you get to this 150 people mark um or the dunbar number and or they just list a couple dot points here you know new ideas don't flow 
collaboration is a natural and people keep to them themselves. Innovation thrives when people move around and share ideas in a safe environment. Sounds like, the, I guess, one of the big downsides from working from home is you miss out on that water cooler talk. You miss out on accidentally solving somebody's problem because you overheard something you've dealt with. Hey, you've got the solution. There's a lot of benefit to chatter and conversation. And, you know, however, as the team splits and communication breaks down, going back to what we spoke about earlier, it's no longer easy for these ideas to just flow between the entire business. You end up with siloed ideas, siloed solutions, which then, again, we've repeated this earlier, was you end up with duplication of work. The other thing is when you get groups that are disconnected from, from the larger tribe, the, the business, they end up just looking after their little local veggie patch, if you want to call it that, their little garden, their, their little crew. And that's super easy to fall into because you're still doing your job. So on the surface, it looks totally harmless. You're still doing your job. You're still meeting your KPIs. You're still ticking all the boxes. Your immediate... I guess, group is, if you want to call them that, your, your group of employees that you're responsible for is happy, they're performing, but behind you, you might be leaving a wake of destruction for the larger business. Incentives often bring this out with regards to people ticking the boxes, knocking it out of the park, they're shooting the lights out based on their scorecard, but behind them, they are just decimating the, the broader business. You see it in sales a lot. Uh, incentives are put in place that you've got to make X amount of sales. Sure as shit, salespeople always hit their incentives, generally because their um, salary is tied to it. But a sale, for a number's sake, just and I'm talking about just number of sales, will only ever, ever lead to bad outcomes. They are going to get the sale, but at what profit margin at what promises are they going to get that sale? Mark my words, they'll get the sale, but they will cause a heap of destruction. So why is this happening? It's the rule of 150 in action. If we use Dunbar's number to explain this, it's simply because the company is growing, it has reached a certain number of people, about 150, and it starts to lose the glue that once bound the entire company together. It's as simple as that. So at this point, you're probably wondering, well, how do you get around this? There's obviously thousands and millions of businesses that have got around this. There's a couple options. One thing you can't do is you cannot reconnect people back through process and compliance, which is often what people try and do first up. It needs to be emotional. People need to feel an emotional connection to the business. They need to understand why they are doing this. And the emotions are conveyed and can only be conveyed by people. And generally, its managers and executives must set the example. They must embrace the culture and the ethos of the business and be the torchbearers, as I mentioned here, for the company's broader culture, accepted standards, and way of doing business. So I hope this quick little chat, or I guess verbal run-through of this article at least opens your eyes to the Dunbar number or the rule of 150. Since I've read it and I've been made aware of it, I see it all the time. I see it here in the place that I work. I see it 
in other businesses. Um, the trick is to be aware of things, know that they exist. So when you see them, you can act on it or you can understand why certain things are happening and have a way to, if they're negative, counter them. And just being aware is already a hundred times better than most people out there. Being able to recognize patterns and pounce on them is a secret to success. Thank you. I hope you got some value out of this episode and I look forward to recording the next one next week.